Well, you know, yeah, I know, because this you know. conversation has flowed like butter from the very beginning. Obviously. <laughs> you go justin robert young over there playing the drums like a like a stud man hey it's a hotline monday for the second of january 2017 welcome to the new year justin oh man 2017 what are we gonna do man i miss bitching about 2016 already now what uh, totally invisible arbitrary measure of time am i gonna blame all my problems on there will be plenty of things to bitch about in 2017 i'm 100 percent sure about that so uh, I'll tell you what. Yeah. Uh, well, well, one of the things that people aren't bitching about is a movie I went to go see. We're not, we don't really need to do a whole big spoiler thing, but uh, I went to go see La La Land. Yeah. You heard of this uh, this La La Land here, Scott? I have, and it's not Los Angeles, Los Angeles Land, right? That's not the joke, or is it? Is that it's the not idea? L.A. L.A. Land. No, no, no. La right. La Land, of course, the 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 nickname for Los Angeles, and and certainly. The the very glitzy version uh, that that it likes to portray, and that's really what the musical is about. It stars Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. Spoiler free review: It's a charming, big, fat, floppy musical. If you like song and dance numbers, boy, are you going to be thrilled! Everybody's charming and beautiful, and it's all uh, extremely well shot. However, this, this is Spider Man's girlfriend, uh, Emma Stone. That's the Emma Stone, right? Emma Stone, okay. yeah. Big big eyeballs, uh, lovely young woman, red hair. Got it. Yes. Just getting it straight in my head. <laughs> yeah, she's got red hair. Yeah. Uh she's got a she's got some real comedic chops to her. Mm-hmm. She can play uh, funny. Uh, she can play. Of course, Ryan Ryan Gosling, who is simultaneously the most adorable, biggest wiener penis on the planet. <laughs> right? Like you just look at him in his dumb face and you're just like like oh my god why are you just so sweet like you mm. know there's really nothing that uh comes out of your mouth that you don't just want to heat up in the microwave and 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 drink on a cold winter's day so he but he can play snarky and kind of douchey too sometimes you know when he needs to he can pull oh and he off. does in this movie like oh. there's there there are there are elements of him that are you're like halfway through the movie and you're like man this guy's kind of a dick uh <laughs> And then turns out, you know, that there are repercussions for it. I, I don't want to really get into it. Like, like the, the the plot is fairly slight. Yeah. And by the way, we're not here to discuss La La Land's plot by any means. No, no, no. Yeah. We'll, we'll explain what we're actually here for in a second. But it's all about musicals. And they seem to be. I'm always being told they're making a comeback. But then they always just yeah. seem to be here. So I don't know if they're just on permanent comeback status. Every year there's like one or two that are big deals at the end of the year. Like, I don't know if they've ever really gone away. They, they feel like Westerns. There's like two, maybe three a year. Yeah. No, that 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 about makes sense. Yeah. You know. And that's okay, uh, right? We're down with that. We like, I mean, how'd you like this movie? I guess I should ask. So I liked it a lot. I thought it was really, really good. Uh, you know, I, I think it really depends on what you think about musicals. So let me ask you, Scott, mm. what do you think about musicals? And that's what I want to hear from everybody uh, today on the show because what I've I've realized is I think that there is a cultural divide yeah. on musicals yeah. and I think it is generational and I have a theory Ooh. as to why okay. but I'm curious because we if my theory is proven true it means that we should have different ideas about musicals <laughs> alright well there's a movie I would probably put in my top 50 movies ever that is a musical okay. 
Um, and I'm talking live action here. I think we could probably have a related conversation about why we see a lot more musicals in animated form than we do in live action form. Um, yeah. We'll talk about that later, maybe, because I think that's kind of an interesting wrinkle in this. But, um, you know, if, if you were to ask me my favorite musical of 2016, I'd say uh, probably Moana would be my favorite. Uh, Sing was also pretty good. So, and those are both animated. I haven't seen La La Land. But for me, one of my favorite movies of all time and forever is Moulin Rouge, which sounds a little like a stereotype now because I think everybody loves that movie. But that movie was not only a musical, but it was this weird thing, like this strange vision of the past and a postmodern future that never really happened. And, and the sets were kind of fake and it was narrated like a, like a stage play, but the music itself was... Because well, it was it was a stage play adaptation. Correct. I, I guess I guess it was. Now, was the stage play? Was it full of, uh, you know, Nirvana songs and like all that sort of stuff? Or was that all unique? No, to the no, film? no, 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 no. Chicago was a stage play. Moulin Rouge was not. OK, OK. Moulin Rouge was a movie uh, uh, made by um, Baz Luhrmann yep. and, uh, and and Chicago. I forget is it Nichols or Marshall who, who directed that one. But uh but that was an, an adaptation of a stage play. Right, right. So that movie did things with music I know from popular current music and took it into a place that made it weird. Like it would be, you'd hear them start singing, I don't know, I can't think of a song right now off the top of my head. Uh, what's that song Seal Sings? Anyway, they would sing parts. <laughs> maybe that was it. But they would sing parts of popular songs, songs that had done well. Yeah. And then on the radio in our current time and then reworked them into these medleys, into these really crazy, uh, you know, musical productions that were all in this movie. And I loved every second of that. I thought that was amazing and I wanted more of it. And we didn't really get much more of that sort of thing pretty much ever again. That sort of that was kind of where it ended. And some would say, oh, Hairspray is like that. Eh, Hairspray is a musical and actually is based on a movie that wasn't a musical. And now it is one. In yeah. fact, I think the way that one worked was movie stage stage musical revival in film as a musical same with um uh uh what's the other one i'm thinking of oh oh the producers was you know movie stage musical movie musical again starring the same yeah, cast there was that stage. weird trend in the aughts where everything that was ever a comedy mm -hmm. became a musical yeah right? spam a lot and all that stuff yeah like monty python and and mel brooks they were just like all about it yeah and i and i'm totally down with it i think it's great my favorite record of of uh, I say record. My favorite vinyl record of 2016 was was the Hamilton soundtrack. I freaking love that thing. I haven't seen the play. I want to someday. That's surely headed to movie status. There's no way they don't. Um, but I love it. And so there's so so to answer your question in in a long way, I like musicals, but I don't like all musicals. So if you yeah. if you sit me down and say watch, uh, White Christmas with me, I would rather put a hot needle in a testicle my <laughs> testicle not yours your yeah not just a random it wasn't just like here sir look at gaze upon this testicle and lance it with a hot needle yeah i'm not doing random testes just mine but i would your, do that before i skin in the game yeah and i don't want to i don't want to watch cats i don't want to watch um i don't even want to watch like west side story again when you're a when you're a uh, what was how that song go? When you're a shark, you're a shark, or when you're a blood, or what is it? Yeah, Whatever it is. Yeah, when you're jet, jet all the way from your first cigarette to your last dying day. Now, if you came to me and said they're remaking a version of the Jets, or excuse me, of the Jets, they're making a, a, a new version of Jets West Side Story, 
but they call it Southside or something, and yeah. they and they retell it in sort of modern gang terms, and they infuse it with some hip hop and that sort of stuff, and have reminiscence of the old movie, but really uh, plug it full of like contemporary stuff. I think I'd be way into that. Like that's a yeah. cool idea to me. Um, in a lot of ways, that's what Hamilton is and why it works so well. Let's, let's, I'm going to stop you there. Stop me here. I like him. I like him in in some form and other times I don't. There's my, that's my point is that like, for whatever reason, musicals are just this element of movie making that everyone needs to explain. Like there's always this like weird, like, well, you know, I don't know. I mean, like maybe some of them, I mean, I'm not here running around saying I love musicals all the time. Like, you know, (laughs) Because to be a musical fan, I think denotes an element of like, oh no, well, like I got my eye on the minor leagues of musicals. Like, like, mm. have you heard the book on that new musical? I, I think it's a, a real humdinger. <laughs> There's this something that 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 implies that you are into it. And I don't know whether or not it's like a weird masculinity thing. Mm. Like it's like to be too into musicals is to be like perceived as gay or something or 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 uh, a feminine i don't know what it is but especially for two heterosexual men to be talking about musicals needs to come with like 45 minutes of explainers of what musicals you like and what you don't like you literally just went through a thing where it's like yeah i mean if they added some guns and gang members maybe i'd watch west side story like there's just something involved in it right yeah i don't now that you say that, there is there's probably some subconscious version of me who grew up thinking they were just silly and dumb and not for me. They were for my mom. They were for my sisters. Yeah. They wanted to watch Annie 50 times a week. I wanted none of that when I was their age. So 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 maybe, maybe some of that's coming out. Maybe some of that bias or that whatever is coming out. But when I see a good musical, I know I'm watching something pretty special. Like, I have no problem telling everybody this year that Moana is an amazing musical. It's also animated. So again, it may, that may change. That may, well, that, that may mean that's, something. That's my, that's my theory. Yeah. And I believe that there is for when I grew up, the first album that I ever bought was the Aladdin soundtrack. Wow. Because I loved Aladdin so much. Cause I was a kid when Aladdin came out, I was, I was in, uh, I guess it would have been third or fourth grade. It was right? a whole, like, it was a whole new world for you. Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, it was it was indeed. And and uh, I wanted to share that whole new world with you. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that for my generation specifically, the the that Disney run mm-hmm. of like, you know, uh, Aladdin, Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, uh, uh, all, all those flicks coming out one after another brought at least like a baseline understanding that everybody can like musicals Mm -hmm. because boys like the lion king and aladdin the same way girls like aladdin and the lion king sure right yeah and i don't know whether or not that's just my uh uh generational bias but i do know that like those disney movies specifically considering the fact that you know there there still are buzzfeed quizzes about like which disney princess you are or like you know fairly in-depth jokes about Timon and Pumbaa yeah. that like those are culturally resonant things. And so like when I went to go see La La Land, I was like, oh yeah, I mean, every once in a while there's a big musical, like you said, Moulin Rouge, like mm-hmm. it's just a musical that just comes out. It's a big spectacle. Everybody loves it. It's probably going to win some Oscars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, 
Um, La La Land is not only going to win the Best Picture Oscar this year, it's going to win every Best Picture Oscar for the next 50 years. Hold on a second. You think so? Yes, for this reason. Uh, there's nothing. Who votes on the Oscars? <laughs> the Academy members, a bunch of old people. Who all live, by and large, in what city? Los Angeles, California, Hollywood, Hollyweed, to be exact. exact. So, do you think that a movie based about how brave they are for becoming uh, artists and actors uh, acted in a big, fat Hollywood uh, musical would appeal to them? Yeah, but it's going to bug me if they do for that. If those are the reasons, ugh, this, I know they it's like... a silent movie, the Best Picture <laughs> Award, like three years ago. Do you think that they're not going to do it for a musical? All right, hold that thought. We got our first caller. I want to see what they have to say on this subject. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, Scott, what's going on? It's J.K. Graham in the chat room. Hey, man, it's nice to hear from you as always. What's up, man? Hey, quick point. I don't know if this works for everybody, but for me, musicals fall into the two categories, one that I don't like one that I do like. Right. Sweeney Todd, not so much because everything is sang. Oh. And then other ones like, say, the Disney ones, like Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, all those. Those are cool, I think, because they don't sing every single word. So that's interesting. Um is, the quantity for me. I don't know if that works for everybody. Right, right, right. The quantity yeah. of singing does vary, right? Like I was just uh thanks for your call. I was noticing from, for example, uh listening to the to the soundtrack for Hamilton, I get the feeling that most of that play is told through song. And that's true of I can't think of any uh, too many off the top of my head right now, but there's many musicals where that's true. And then they're the ones that are more like, I don't know, well, like Moana, where it's uh, probably a third of the story is told through singing. It's it's yeah. punctuated with these important moments of singing. Um, another uh, a movie that has a lot more than you might expect would be like, well, again, it's animated, but but uh, Nightmare Before Christmas is like that. It's probably like fifty fifty or something. But does that make a difference to you, Justin? Do you care if there's is it too much if it's all singing and it's all told that way? Is that Good? Is that bad? What's what's no, La La no. Land I mean, like? I think that that's the art. That's the art of it, right? Yeah. Is, is when are the songs... Because there are people who go to watch musicals because they want to watch song involved in story, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and so the more singing and the more, like, dancing, that's why they're there. It's like people who go to see Star Wars movies because there's lightsabers. Like, it, there's just an audience for it, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. So the more singing, the better, you think, for that group? No, I mean, for them, sure, but that's not me. Like, I, I don't, I, I appreciate part of my judgment of a musical is A, how good are the songs yeah. outside of the context of, of the story, right. right? How well do they work with it? And I, I am, like the caller, not a gigantic fan of like, ah, oh, crap, it's been uh, two minutes. Uh, we got to start singing again. Like, what is that? Is that a cute dog? Do a song about a cute dog. Like, <laughs> hey, puppy, hey, puppy, look at you, puppy. Now, like, it's just, it's, uh, I don't like that. Okay, I don't like that either. Um, so what was that? What La La Land fit in what category? Just kind of- La La Land does, uh, I would almost criticize La La Land for not having enough songs. Mm. Like, they have, I think, three original songs that they keep repurposing in, in different ways. Yeah. But that is is kind of more on La La Land is, I think, more in the tradition of like the the singing in the rain kind of like song and dance thing. So it's not it is a musical, but it's it's you know, there's there's they're just as often to start dancing and not singing to each other as they are to start singing. to each so, other. So so why do you think that they flourished as animated 
projects and less so as live action. And that's not, you know, that's that didn't always wasn't always that way. Back in the heyday, it was all sure. musicals all the time. And that was the predominant thing you got all year. I don't know if that was just because all the vaudeville fans hadn't died out yet or what, but something changed. That all kind of went away. They're now making this weird little every couple of years you get a big deal one. But uh, what do you think that is? Is that something that even? Oh, because you could because you could get ugly people who can't dance to sing your songs. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) And so that's it. You know, you just you know, you have a famous person read the lines when they're when they're talking and then you have the actual good singers sing the songs when they're singing and and uh, uh bada bing bang boom you're you're in and you're out the whole thing can be cartoons so, it's great so that gosling dude can he sing he can do it uh, they're yeah no i mean they're they're credible credible singers i mean there's a lot of breathy breathy singing you know like you know then uh, either of them are, are you're like oh my god the voice <laughs> right like you know, it's a lot of like it's like right. you know, if you if you can carry a tune, they're good. They're good. I, I would say Emma Stone probably has more of the like, it's a show-stopping number. See, <laughs> like kind of moments. But but Gosling, they can both go. Okay, now, uh, people listening live, your opportunity to call in today and tell us what genres you think are currently underserved. This is kind of a question. Just I want to know personally. Like, yeah. Do we need to see science fiction musicals? Do we need to see? Uh, maybe some of those things like old, weird science fiction like Barbarella make a comeback in 2019 with a musical yeah. film version of it. Should Star Wars ever be um, a musical uh, or have some sort of musical treatment, animated or otherwise? I don't care. I'm just really here's, curious. Here's, here's what I want people to call in on. Do you feel uncomfortable talking to... Uh, 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 if you are a man, do you have? Uh, do you feel uncomfortable talking to other heterosexual men about musicals uh, uh, in general? And if you are a, a woman, do you judge a man who is too well-spoken about musicals? Okay, I'll tell you this. I was with a group of guys who I know and hang out with sometimes. Big football guys. Like this, the, the atypical stereotype... Uh, yeah, after I pick up my truck later today, I think I'm going to go kill a deer and then I'm going to watch the game. Like th- those yeah. kind of guys. Yeah. And um, I somebody was talking about music and everyone's favorite music from the year. And I had mentioned, well, I really like the new Dead Mouse album. And they were all like, yeah, that guy's great. And I said, that's pretty good. And then uh, something else I mentioned or what it was. And I said, but I really, really, the thing I've been listening to the most is this Hamilton soundtrack. And they looked at me like I was a lunatic. Like, yeah. Really? You listen to that? You listen to that? And I'm thinking, all right, I don't know what to ask him. Do I say, do you not like it because it's like black dudes mostly? Or is this not a problem with race? Is this about... Wait, 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 all right, pause. Is this a black thing or a gay thing? And no judgment. I just need to find out where we're going. I need to know. I need a baseline to build from. Um, all right. A black thing or a gay thing? I, like I don't that know. A lot. That's pretty good. All right, we got a caller. Who's this? Hey, it's Jonathan in New York. Hey, John. What's up, man? Uh, no, I'm actually on, in the subway tunnel right now. So if it gets loud, it's like a, there's a train coming. So. No worries. I'm, glad, uh, I'm just glad you have I'm a connection in there. That's impressive. I'm surprised you even have one. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, more and more, we're getting signals under, uh, in, underground now. Nice. Uh, we're talking about musical? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, why? Why? <laughs> Well, we explained why earlier, and I know you're that one guy that calls in and he doesn't know what's happening exactly, but here, let me ask you a pointed question. Are you comfortable uh-huh. talking about 
musicals that you like in front of your male heterosexual friends? Yeah. I am. It doesn't bother me that much. <laughs> All right. Well, good. Uh, you have just done it with two. I, don't have, I also don't have many of those. So yeah. Well, yeah, I know, because this conversation has flowed like butter from the very beginning. Obviously, <laughs> we're very much proving that we're yeah. really, really comfortable about talking about musicals together. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, hey, what, what, what I just your don't favorite musical? For them that well, much, well you know? do you, like, do you I, like them? Do you like them? Do you go out of your way to see them when they come out? No, but I also have the benefit of living in Manhattan where I can go to see actual like Broadway shows. So yeah. I think that colors my perception of musicals. And I have been to a number of those that were really, really good. Yeah. And for the record, <laughs> listening audience, uh, uh, thanks for your call. The The thing with, with musicals and New York people, I don't think people should just go, oh, they're one of those. They're like theater snobs or whatever. No, no. They really do have the better thing. And it's very well, they just have options. They have options to go see it. They're happening yeah. all the time. Sure. Right. So it's like you just are more likely you're more likely to go see Hamilton if you are just coming out of work and you're like, ah, eh, whatever, I'll just wait for the lottery, see if I get it, you know, and then and and then go piss off. Like, right. You know, there's there's a million different ways that you can do it because you just have the option of of, of, of proximity. Yeah, I think that that's a really cool thing to have, too. I, I think I would sure. be sort of into that i'd want to see some of the weirder off-broadway stuff like the it's like uh, scott same thing with with you guys uh in in utah have access to amazing skiing and hiking and stuff sure. and here in oakland we have uh weed <laughs> you do you live near holly weed hi you're on the air who's this hey this is d8ev in the chat room hey man nice to hear from you how are you d8 <laughs> what's going on what's your take so when's the last time You've seen actually good slapstick, Sl like slapstick comedy in a in a movie. A good slapstick, boy. Good this slapstick. is this is a really good question, and I'm going to keep you on the phone for this one. So, um, we just watched this documentary about Ardman Animation, the guys who did Wallace and Gromit and all that. Yeah, Ch uh, Chicken Run and all that. One of my favorite things in the world. I love those guys. Everything they make is gold. Um, and they're delightful in every possible way. And one of the things I think they pull off better than even some of the best CGI animators and traditional 2D animators out there is they pull off slapstick comedy in a way that is bar none the best stuff out there in animation. And if I'm to try to think of something that isn't animated where the slapstick really went over well, I can think of very few recent examples. And some of them are things like uh, Star Wars Episode Seven, when uh, BB-8 does the thumbs up for what's his name? Yeah, that's a good slapstick moment, and I call it slapstick. Because oh wait, so you you would say, but that that to me is physical comedy. Slapstick is is violence. So slapstick more like so so caller like uh, like what like Three Stooges style stuff or or what? Yeah, like like Sloan, that whole third act of which movie? Oh, uh, of. Uh, Wait, which which Home one? Home Alone. Oh, Home Alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. No, that's a good one. Home Alone. There's your example. All right. So let's discuss that for a second. I know that's not a musical or a question about a musical, but Brian or Brian, uh, Justin, if you, I talked to Brian too much. You know how this works. And so I, you listen. I'm going to call you Brian at some point too. Like <laughs> do you? Uh, so what do you? Where's your head at with that? I can't think of anything that I've seen where I went. Oh man, that was so I, amazing. I love, 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 love slapstick. But that was really probably because I. I fell in love with the airplane movies and and the Naked Gun and and stuff like that when I was a kid, 
uh, I always thought the the Ferrelli brothers were probably the kind of best guys working in that genre. Mm -hmm. But then that really got uh, that really got diluted when uh, you know all, all the like not another uh, of, of movie about romance and the other movies that came out this year, right? Like and. <laughs> Uh, all the slapstick was extraordinarily stupid and slapstick became reference humor. Yeah. Like it was just like, look now she's the vampire. What? <laughs> like, um, so I, I don't know the, the, the Ferrelli brothers are probably the last like great, I think slapstick where it's like, you're looking at like dumb and dumber and stuff like that, where you, they were doing like a lot of physical comedy that very often involved people getting falling downstairs or, you know, getting punched in the nuts or something. Yeah. Pratt falls are hard. I mean, I guess you could go, you could say, well, Jim Carrey's got a long career of physical comedy, but it's not the same yeah. as slapstick. The Farrell, the Fairley brothers is actually a good one. There's a, there is a moment, a scene, there were many moments and scenes, but there's a moment in Kingpin I will never forget. And it makes mm -hmm. me laugh out loud just to see it, sometimes even just to hear about it. And it's when Woody Harrelson is, is wrestling, he's dressed like an Amish guy. He's faking yeah. his way into this Amish community. And he's got this dog who won't leave his rubber hand alone that's been severed. Uh, long story. If you haven't seen the movie, you should see it if you haven't. And um, not you, but listeners. So I have, I put the, here, he has his hand down there with the dog. <laughs> I'm doing it. So I'm telling you how I'm doing it. Yeah. And the dog grabs a hold of that finger and is just like, won't let go of it. And there's a point where Woody pulls the hand, pulls his hand so hard and so quickly and smacks himself in the face with his fake hand. Yeah. That I laugh out loud every time. I find it ridiculously hilarious. And it's as close as I can think of, of anything that's like Pratt folly or violent or that kind of physical comedy that worked for me. I mean, and that comes right before the scene wherein he comes in to the family with a gigantic overflowing <laughs> bucket. Uh, and, and, uh, cause he's trying to show that he's such a good member of the Amish community and is like, uh, it takes a big gigantic, uh, slurp off it. He's like, don't worry guys. I already milked the cow for the morning. And old Father Amish is just like, but we only have a bull. <laughs> it's it's the dumbest. It's I so love it. Uh, that movie might be the best Farley Brothers movie. Uh, and 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 uh, something about Mary was the movie I saw the most in the theaters as a kid. Yeah. I love that movie so much. Yeah. But Kingpin, oh my god, bigger and McCracken mm -hmm. all day. Yeah, and a lot of Dumb and Dubbers, very slapstick. So yeah, slapstick's kind of a weird art, and I don't think very many yeah, people are good it. at we it. Can't even focus on musicals. We just got to go. Well, yeah, you we never know. Maybe this caller, maybe this caller's got something about musicals. Hi, who's this? Hey, hey, Jaime, how are you guys? Oh, hey, him, Jaime. Uh, what are you doing? You probably this is probably just a three D projection of you or something, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just, you know. Yeah, you're a, you're a series of vectors that make up Jaime now. I like that. There we go. Nice. There we go. What's uh, no, what's on your um, mind? Yeah, one of my favorite, uh, I guess, musicals. Uh, is Oh Brother Where Art Thou? I, I I count it as a musical. Oh, that's a good one. No, I think that's fine. I would I would put that in that category. That's also one of my favorite so, uh, movies. Wait, all right, wait a minute. But then let's let's ask a question because Oh Brother Where Art Thou is certainly a movie for which music plays a big part of the story, mm -hmm. but it's because they become musical stars, right? Partly, but also. 
important right. story moments like the baptism, the mass baptism is punctuated by this amazing choir. By, by yeah, by, by the singing. Right? By the singing. You know? And then the part where it's not really George Clooney doing it, but him singing into the can and doing the, the soggy bottom boys favorite song thing. Yeah. yeah. Like it feels like without the music in that movie, there's the movie doesn't exist like that. But then, but then does that mean walk the lines a musical? Mm, so all right now we're getting a music biopic that so that's an interesting that question is a musical yeah i would not call them musicals because those are songs that for which the music plays a large part mm. uh, now i think that oh brother Rothau straddles that line a little bit more but there's not a ton of characters interacting with each other and solving problems with music the only scene that i would use in okay this is a good distinction. In that movie, there's the sirens, right? Washing their clothes out in the river. Yeah. And uh, yeah. they're singing and they're drawn to it. And that entire scene is them singing through the entire physicality of that scene. Yeah. And that is very musical, right? Like that's, that's an, uh, they're telling a story. It's the seduction of Homer and his comrades basically. Yeah. And uh, it, it works for the, for the movie in that way. But now that I think about it, there are really no other parts of that movie where that's the case. And really, the only um, reason why you can even characterize that as the characters interacting with each other is because the story is they're dumbstruck by their by their beauty, right? Right. They're not like they're not quipping back and forth with musical anecdotes or rhyming yeah. replies or I'm anything like, like but that. But I'm not getting in that river. Well, you better shiver and quiver. Like, <laughs> why are why are you making musicals? That's my question. Because these both of your examples you've given have been top notch. I'm ready to uh, see your play. You know, uh, maybe maybe one day. One day. Uh, you know, Gambling Man says it isn't a musical. I think it's close, but I, I would say I would say no. Here's one that's off the board that does not get mentioned a lot. That was always my favorite, which is the South Park movie, which oh. is without a doubt a musical. Yeah, bigger, longer, uncut is definitely a. I would say is is. I mean, I think at the, at their heart, I think Trey Parker at his in, in his heart is a musical guy. Like that's what he wants to do. Well, I mean, they, they wound up creating a, a pre-Hamilton. They mm -hmm. they created the biggest musical of all time. They right? did. In, and in, in fact, you could say you could say I think you could make the argument Hamilton either doesn't exist or was harder to get there or didn't have the way paved for it without Book of Mormon as as created by those guys. Like that is a musical ass musical. Both of those things are. Yeah. And that's where I think you're going to start. I think Hamilton alone, though. It's more difficult for Parker and Stone to do this because Parker and Stone are going to do things that are going to make a big part of the public go, I don't know if we can go see that thing by those South Park guys. But Hamilton can pave the way for a lot of other kind of musical treatments. Now, well, my I, I think I think that that I mean, and, and, and let's let's not be uh, remiss that, you know, that Matt or Stone and Parker didn't do that by themselves. They did it with the help of the Avenue Q guy who right. also wrote the Frozen uh, stuff. Which, right. by the way, that guy yeah. and his wife, yeah. egots. <laughs> they got, they got the, they they, they pulled the egot. Yeah, Ex yeah. Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Oh, that's right, they did. I that's didn't realize that. I didn't realize it spelled the acronym spelled something. Oh no, no, they 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 totally egot it. That was uh, you know big big deal. Uh, so uh, I think I think it was that Jester Woot said the definition of a musical is that the characters are not aware they've broken into song. Oh, interesting. Well, then I then. Hmm. All right. Oh, Jaime and I will back down on our claim that uh, because I guess you would say in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? 
every scene after a big musical number, the characters could look to the other character and say like, hey, we just all sang a song. <laughs> right? Like they all know that yeah, they're yeah. singing. They know they're singing for sure. And by the way, before we take this next call, Fury Road, the musical. Hmm, think about that one. All right, this is someone on the line. Hi, who's this? Hey, this is Jamie from Missouri. Well, hello, Katie from Missouri. How are you? Hi, Katie. You doing all right. Hi. Okay, so I grew up watching musicals. Like, we had them on tape. Like, for a long time, that is all I watched. Like, Seven Brides or Seven Brothers, hands down, my favorite. Mm. And Thoroughly Modern Millie, another great one. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so you guys were talking about things that you want to see more in musicals and why they may or may not work. So right. here's my opinion. Okay. You got to do the stuff that'll bring in the money. And who goes to watch musicals? A bunch of ladies. <laughs> Maybe with their guys with them. But for the most part, it's a bunch of ladies. Yeah. So what kind of stories do ladies like? They like the sappy romances. Or they're for kids. Like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, one of my favorite musicals of all time. Oh, yeah. Written by the same guy who wrote... Uh, James Bond. Yeah, that's true. So, so um, this is interesting because you're because you're reinforcing the idea that that men have a hard time at least admitting. See, I think it's an admission thing, not so much a, do they really enjoy it or not. Like, I think it's physically impossible for somebody to sit in a movie like Frozen for the first time. Let's forget about how permeated society is with Frozen <laughs> right now for now, and forget how overwrought it is. But at the time when it was a brand new thing and you were going to see it and you were this music was hitting you. Even if you are some chiseled dude, uh, and I'm not talking about somebody's person, very personal predilections. For the most part, okay, every so dude that my, saw that movie loved it, and they just won't freaking admit it. My brother is not a chiseled dude. He's a bit of a nerd, but wanted to go see Frozen. Mm. And didn't want to go see it by himself because he didn't want to look like a creeper in a movie theater full of kids, you know, seeing Frozen. So he made me and my sister and, like, all of our cousins' kids go with him to see Frozen. So he looked like the good cousin taking his little cousins out to go see Frozen. Uh, see, even yeah. he, even he had to yeah. do it, Justin. He had to, he had to become a different thing. There's a thing. There's a weird thing. And, and <laughs> I, I, I have a reputation on the internet as being like a, a guy. Weird. You know, jury's got a beard and he curses and you know like he likes <laughs> sports and wrestling and stuff like that right. and so it's weird like I'll talk to people and exactly the same situation you had with the Hamilton thing I'll be like oh I went to go see La La Land in fact we had a choice to go see La La Land or Arrival we wound up going to see La La Land and so especially science fiction nerd friends of mine are like what the what are you doing man <laughs> like what I mean Ashley made you right yeah. Ashley made you like no I I made the call. I she didn't even like the movie all that much. Like I I wanted to go see it because I knew it was going to be a big, like it, it's just going to be one of those movies that you have to have an opinion on when the Oscars come around. Like yeah. you're just gonna have to see it if you want to have an Oscar Oscar conversation. Well, and you also have this perspective on movies that I sometimes forget to have, which is um you know not that it's Oscar bait, but it's perfect Oscar bait in a way. Like again, ev- the for the next fifty Oscars, lo- dude. This Oscars, it's going to be all musicals. All the, There's going to be a big musical review at the beginning and everything. It's going to be so musical, it'll hurt. It's going to win. It's going to be almost painful. Win every Oscar. Yeah, you're, you're going to see it coming. I think I agree with you. All right, you're on the air. Who's this? Yeah, this is Keith. Uh, don't agree with that definition of musicals. Uh, if we look at it, then Sound of Music mm-hmm. is not a musical. That's an interesting point. But in Sound of Music, if if the characters are not... 
Uh, see, so the definition being they're not aware that they're singing, that's true if you apply it to Sound of Music, even though it is maybe the pinnacle of all historic musicals. Well, because they wind up doing a show, right? Yeah. Wherein a lot of the musical stuff comes in. But no, I think that it's been a while since I've seen Sound of Music. In fact, it was performed while I was in high school by the South Plantation High School Drama Department. Nice. Uh, I mean, she literally gets on a hill and sings The Hills Are Alive with the Sound of Music, and she's singing it to herself. Yeah. So is that, <laughs> I guess, would she then come off the hill and be like, like, well, that was a great song I sing to myself, or is she just like, no, this is just the expression of her walking around? Mm. Another good example, I, know, I keep hating to use the Disney examples because there's so many. Um, and they do it. They they maybe do it better than anybody. And, and by the way, we're about to get another round of all these musicals that that were hot in the '90s uh, when 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 I was growing up. They're all coming back. Oh okay. yeah, you're getting your your live action Beauty and the Beast. Um, I'm sure if that goes well, yeah, well, we're gonna get an Aladdin one. We're we're gonna get. Uh, I mean, uh, the Lion King might be a little hard to do. Oh no no no, there is a Lion King. They're doing a. a a Lion King uh, from uh, John Favreau, like like they just did with Jungle Book. Oh, Jungle Book, another good example of a of a of a live action musical, although based on an animated musical. But I but it brings up a good point. Maybe that definition is just too narrow or too short sighted. Like no, Jester Woot, who's the one who brought that up, says that uh, his wife's a musical a musical theater major, and indeed, The Sound of Music is not a musical. <laughs> Weird. All right, well, somebody with some expertise then. So, fun fact, uh, the uh, prior to Star Wars, that was considered the world's first blockbuster, that movie. Made more money than anything before it, if you just for inflation, until Star Wars happened some years later. So, there you go. Way to go, Sound of Music. The sound of not being number one anymore. Um, all right, these calls have been wow, awesome. Wow, just a, just a, <laughs> a, a sick burn. How many decades later? <laughs> Just burying the sound of music 50 decades, five decades, 50 years after they lost the top spot. I mean, can they? So I was joking earlier about the Fury Road idea, but you know what I would be way into? A Mad Max themed musical, like in a heartbeat. If it's on stage, fine. If it's a movie, fine. But the idea of taking a dystopic apocalypse and adding music to it and turning it into this. Okay, wait, but but do do you want the setting or want, do you want the tone? I want the setting and the tone. You want both. Of, you feel that the, the <laughs> dusty apocalypse hellscape of Mad Max, where every character is just as soon to save your life as they are to rape you and eat you, uh -huh. and that bodes well for a jaunty song and dance number. Two, three, four. <laughs> if I came to you, let's say 10 years ago, I said, Justin, I've got this brilliant idea. You're all of what twenty two at the time, sure. And I say, man, listen to this. You're gonna you're gonna want to throw all your money at me. Here's here's how it goes. We're gonna make a musical, and it's gonna be about one of the founding fathers who never actually held any official office. But we're gonna make it about Alexander Hamilton, the one yeah. that uh, Burr, Aaron Burr shot. Yeah, that one. He's the one. And here's the twist, though. We're going to make that exciting because it'll be a musical. What kind of music? Well, it's going to be hip hop and rap mixed yeah. with some like 60 show tunes, a little bit of 70s sprinkled in, a little 80s, a little Disney. But for the most part, it's going to be lots of hip hop. Oh, and every actor, everybody in it's going to be black. Uh, and they're going to talk about slavery and stuff in a way that's going to be really interesting to hear that coming from a show that's featuring all black actors. 
that are talking about slavery in a way that the white people of the time talked about it and and it's going to be a, the biggest hit ever and you'd go go that direction cuz I'm not interested in your weird idea. I'm telling you Mad Max this is my whole point. Mad Max musical would work. We could make it work. No, I number one, I I I think that that the the concept for Hamilton is brilliant. Uh because it's got to be dry for it to be weird. Like I, that's, I, I guess that's the point. But that you so are taking- if you listen to that album, I don't know if you've seen the show or any of that, but when you no, listen, I'm going to have to listen to it because I got to write an expansion for the contest. Oh, you got to re- you got to listen to it. So when you well, listen I was, to I was it, hoping to wait until I could go to see it. Sure. Sure. Uh, that makes sense. Um, but I, but I'm convinced, oh, man, listening to it, it tells the story in a way that is so um, fun, but also informative and like historically accurate. And with they mixed this sort of traditional 18th century speak with common streetwise speak in a way that makes it uh, immediately relatable, but then also still like this distant thing. Yeah. And Wait a minute. It's is, so good. Is your hot take that Hamilton's good? My hot take is Hamilton's really good, and I haven't even seen the play. But well, I feel yeah. like I have. It's I feel like, like it's I have. Like known to be the most popular thing on earth. Of course, it's good. <laughs> it is. I mean, I know this is no revelation. My point is that that I think that if you can take what they did, with as weird as it sounds on paper, to do what they did, they could do. They yeah. could apply it to lots of other things. That's all I mean. Could there be a Star Wars musical in it by itself, not in the mainline, you know, next trilogy yeah. or anything? Yes, there could be. Will anyone take that risk? Probably not. But I think there could be. And there and there has certainly been I know like like off Broadway plenty of of different like it's blank the musical that are like kind of off the beaten path and sure. weird and and you know they they take uh they take kind of liberties with the with with like the original idea mm-hmm. yeah the problem is though that like and I think uh, uh, the caller whose name uh, escapes me you know she made a really really good point that the most popular musicals the majority of people who go see musicals are women. Mm-hmm. And, and and that is obviously connected to our our other uh, meta point that it's like there's just not a lot of conversation between heterosexual men about musical, right? <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. I don't. I'm not having that conversation very so often. It's like, like, and also to make a musical, again, you were we were talking about like, hey, why, why did animated musicals become a thing? Again, because you can have ugly people that can't dance sing your songs, <laughs> and there's a lot more ugly people who can't dance that it can sing the song. Uh, then there are pretty people who can dance yeah. to sing songs. There's occasionally right? a nice little crossover, but you're right. Generally uh, speaking, yeah. And that's if that's the case, and that you can combine without it being that big of a deal, like if I'm pretty sure that uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that what's it called that uh, that Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone sang. At least they're all credited for it mm. uh, in 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 the in the lyrics and everything. Uh, but it would be weird. If they open their mouth in La La Land and somebody else's voice came out. Yeah, it worked. It was okay in No Brother Where Art There for for what's his name because, well, A, he couldn't sing the way they needed him to. And B, he only had to do it twice and it didn't matter. Like, it wasn't like he was singing through the rest of the thing and had a melancholy song later and a more upbeat one later. It was just the one thing, the one hit. And so you can get away with it there. I completely agree with that. But even in animation, this happens. You'll have... The voice actor for Moana's dad is yeah. not the same guy who sang the song. Yeah. But it's good enough. Although they let The Rock sing the song. Yes, right? they did. And he's good. But he's that kind of good you're describing. He's that Emma Stone, Ryan Gosling good where it's good enough 
Yeah. And, and it gets you through and it's breathy and it's that. And he you just get done with it and you're like, all right, good. We're through it. <laughs> yeah, it kind of felt that way. Give her about the rock. Yeah. And then I mean, and this doesn't count goofy renditions like uh like um uh, uh Jermaine Clement did a song in that movie that is my favorite yeah. thing in the movie. And it's goofy and over the top. And he sings, he's a Concord, I get it, but yeah. it's not the same. It's like parody song, kind of. And he sounds like, you know, uh, David Bowie the whole time anyway. Uh, Peter Fisher on the line. Peter, what's up? Hi. I think think we can ju- just uh, get de- uh, the definition of singing and them not knowing. Mm. It's not so much that is they can know that they're singing. It's just not a big deal. Oh, it's like, so you mean it's on us. It's on us then. We need to not feel like it's a big deal as an audience. Yeah, like, like to the people around them. Because like, if you're in a courtroom and the defense lawyer comes up and does an interpretive dance, everyone's going to go, what? <laughs> yeah. But in a musical world, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. It's not that they don't know they're doing it. It's just that it's a natural thing that people do in that world. Okay. So fair point. Um, well, I think we're, I think it's more about us though, and whether we're okay with it. So if, so, if somebody in a lawyer suit comes up and says, your honor, if I might take a minute, you know, if he's going to start doing whatever, then it needs to feel to us like it's okay in that world. And this is true of like any kind of movie in any kind of genre. If you're not being true to your world or your world built building was ineffectual and therefore singing in it feels wrong, then yeah. you've made a bad musical uh, or even a music tinged with me mu- or a movie tinged with music in it occasionally like, oh, brother, where art thou? you've done a poor job of allowing that to be a voice in your movie. And if it's and if it's full on musical, then you've really blown it. What was that one with? Um, oh, gosh, it was like uh, Pierce Brosnan and a bunch of people. This was only a few years ago, and it was supposed to be the hot new thing. And it tanked and it was garbage. What was Rock that? of Ages? No shit. I'm going to have to find it because it's going to drive me nuts if I don't know it. Uh, by the way, uh, Jester Wood, who is who is the MVP of today's episode here in in, uh, in, in the Twitch chat, says that uh, there was a Spider-Man musical, so it can be anything as long as it's good, although I will point out that it was one of the biggest bombs in Broadway history. So yeah. uh, that there's obviously a kind of musical that tends to do well, although I think if you look at the more the most successful ones lately, they got to be funny. Yep. You know, spam a lot. Yeah. Produce uh, Book of Mormon, Hamilton, like there's they, they're, they're subversive or funny or interesting in some way, not necessarily just, you know, a big gay number. Uh, Poodle <laughs> Puncher in the Diamond Chat says, uh, how about a boy and his dog, the musical, a post-apocalyptic <laughs> hunting down women to procreate? <laughs> I mean, again, I'd be all right with that if the if they can pull off the vision of it. I mean, I guess what I, I guess what I'm saying is I've been surprised that they can do this at all. So yeah. when a, when a live action movie like think Moulin Rouge really was the one that did it for me. It's older now. It's like two thousand one or something. Well, but. and by, uh, sorry, so, so Tom Nagasa says is Pick of Destiny the, the Tenacious D movie a musical? I would absolutely say that. Oh, I, I mean, seen like that. The, that that opens up with a big musical number, the whole Kickapoo uh, thing where the characters are singing to each other. Ronnie James Dio is 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 singing to young, uh, young young JB and everything. I I would say, really the the problem with Pick of Destiny is it came out about you know eight years later than it than it should have right <laughs> i didn't even know that existed i would watch that the, the, wait you didn't know that, that there was a tenacious d music uh, a no, movie no i knew those guys You're had problem i know why it failed i guess so i like tenacious d i'm not like a huge 
crazy fan or anything. I saw them at BlizzCon. They were awesome there. And I think they were cool with, with like, you know, the, the albums I've heard and the greatest song in the world, the cool song and everything. But I'm not like way into them. But I didn't know there was a musical. I had no idea. So uh, th that brings us to this. Probably one of the most popular franchises out is Pitch Perfect. Yeah. Is Pitch Perfect a musical or a movie with music? I would say it's a movie with music. I would too, because the because the personal well, sing sing is not a musical. No, sing the, is a movie with music. The, the care exactly that's true. Also, if the characters are not interacting with music, if their relationships aren't destroyed or won through music, then I don't think it's a musical. Like, I think that's maybe our dividing line. That should be the true definition of it. So if there's a lot of music, great. That's awesome. Sing was great, and partly because it had a ton of good music in it with some great renditions of those songs. And who knew Scarlett Johansson could sing that well? I had no idea. I hadn't heard her other albums. She blew my mind. So that kind of stuff was really, really neat. But when you're talking about a musical musical, I ne it needs to be ones where I'm in the office going, oh, is it already five? I need to get to the store before yeah. I'm too late. Like, it needs to be... All your introspection and your character building, all of it has some music around it. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. Well, and usually it's it's they're interacting. Right. So I so so we would be having this, and then it's like like another day, another day, another day of doing podcasts. <laughs> Thank you for the follow. Like um there there would there's there's just that back and forth where we are interacting, and usually again, there's problem solving. Mm -hmm. Like Boy meets girl, they hate each other. By the end of the song, it's obvious that they're in love, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, you know, there's somebody's has to return a, a wing nut to Home Depot and they argue with the <laughs> manager to get their five cents back. Something like that. You know, typical musical conflicts. Yeah, you'd have to go in there and you'd, yeah, you're exactly right. And by the way, I would totally help produce something called Podcast the Musical. And it yeah. could be, we, we write all the lyrics, we find somebody who's great with music and we just do the most stereotypic, we're mostly white guys, but we've got good ideas. <laughs> Whatever, right? Like you could totally go nuts with podcast the musical. Yeah, it's never going to happen. It just but. ends with all the uh, podcasts turning into a, a murder <laughs> true crime analysis. All right, I think that's a great note to, to end things on, uh, folks. That or was is this a great note? There's <laughs> even a better note. Oh, Mama Me is the movie I was thinking of with Pierce Brosnan. Um, oh, yeah. Meryl so Shreve. that is its own, but like that Rock of Ages yeah. uh, are, are that whole other subsection of musical where they're writing and and Void in the Diamond Chat actually has the uh, the, the, the terminology. It's, it's diegetic versus non-diegetic that you are writing stories mm -hmm. where pop song lyrics are now diegetic like uh uh audio so mm. it's like in in rock of ages there's like a protest about this like rock club yeah. and, and the people who are protesting are singing we're not gonna take it yeah you know? so now that is that that means something right mama mia about you know uh, uh whatever that it's a, what it's like she doesn't know on her daughter's wedding day mm -hmm. who the father is or something like that Something like that yeah is that, is that what it is i think so i mean geez you can't knock that out in the previous 18 years like <laughs> holy crap all right the only uh, wish i have is that that lars von it's not wait hold on wait that, that's apparently not what diet oh that's not it all right i don't know, oh, I don't know. chat well, room then... will chat room will inform us but listen this is the only request i have hollywood do not let Lars von Trier ever make a musical. I'm not interested in that guy making musicals. You're not of it. Oh, you're right. I'm reading the the uh, diegetic is sound whose source is visible on screen. 
and is implied to be present in the action of the film. So voice is a character, sounds made by object. The non-diegetic is narrator's commentary, sound effects, and mood music. So oh. sorry, Void. I know that makes sense. Everything yeah. you just described, I thought that's kind of what you were saying, but I, I see where you went backwards on it. That's totally fine. Um, don't watch Mama Mia as my point. That movie sucks. All right, let's... Uh, wow. Oh! What? The mom. Jesus. <laughs> It's terrible. All right, let's do. Uh, let's let's get out of here and tell people where they can find more about us. By the way, riveting calls and great stuff about musicals of all things. Uh, even now, I'm still having my man moment where I'm like, "Did we just do a show about musicals? I think we, we did." Do a song. Hey, anyway, uh, great win for the Packers last <laughs> night. I really think Aaron Rodgers has stepped it up. The playoffs are going to be his time. Yep. We're going to take your calls, Dak Romo, coming up next on. Scott and Jerry's uh, sports explosion. Yeah. And you've got your wrestling show. You can do all this and get it out of your system. I don't know what I have. I have to go I do got range, baby. Mm, that's good. Also, range. My range apparently goes all the way from oiled men to musicals. So maybe <laughs> this is just a, a, a day in which my inner me is trying to reveal itself. Oiled men. Um, all right. Let's uh, tell people what's going on with this. Anything you want to pimp this week? What do you got? Anything? Uh, hey, how about this? Uh, Twitch.tv slash Justin R. Young. Uh, you guys do the morning stream in the morning, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if anybody's ever been like, man, when the morning stream is over, especially on Tuesdays mm-hmm. when Justin's talking, yeah. there's one thing I would like to have more than it just ending is for it to keep going. And that's what I'm going to do. So now every day, Monday through Friday, at 10 p or sorry 10 a.m pacific time 1 p.m eastern time and i'll probably start a little bit before that because you guys sometimes end a little bit before that i'm live and i'm gonna be doing something each day it's a different show so uh so so come on over and uh, make sure you follow me i know that uh it's set to auto host on frog pants so if you all you don't even have to go anywhere literally i'm just gonna start talking to you if you want to talk in the chat room here's what you should do because since you like both here's what you should do whichever direction you're coming from there's a little link up top in black bold letters that says go to the channel that's playing through the auto host feature click that you're over there in seconds you don't have to watch another ad it just picks right up and you can subscribe to his channel too and do it the other way around when you're coming back to watch tms or whatever it is because that's our goal in the morning is to just draw more of you suckers in. All the gamers have the night covered. They've got it all figured out. But we're blazing a trail in the AM, baby. Absolutely. Yeah. And and uh, I, I'm, I'm I'm super excited about it because I, I, I like if, if you actually just pay a little bit of attention and, and go live like 10 minutes before you were going to go live anyway, it turns out you could like triple your viewership. Yeah. So uh, we are we are we are doing our best and uh, we're, we're trying to do it for you guys. So go ahead and check it out. Twitch.tv. Uh, slash Justin R. Young. Or, hey, remember uh, what, what, what Twitch used to be called? Mm. Oh, uh, Justin TV. Yeah, so now you can go to JustinRYoung.tv. <laughs> and it goes right to my page. That's amazing! <laughs> that is the great coup of our century. All right, everybody. Uh, I don't have anything to pimp, really, except there's a lot going on, and you can just follow me on Twitter, at Scott Johnson. You can follow me at uh, the Frog Pants website, frogpants.com. Find more shows just like this there. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us, for me and for Justin. We'll see you next time for Hotline Monday. Bye, Justin. Bye. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com.
Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>